Okay, welcome to Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network, the SWAN. This is part two of Tradition 10, and they, these uh, first two episodes were recorded a week apart. They will be posted on the same day. Uh, we have uh, Bill from Allentown with us and uh, Eric from Nebraska with us as well today. Is anybody else on the line? Okay, I just want to remind anybody, if you're not a member of Narcotics Anonymous, we respectfully request that you tune out at this time. This is just in keeping with our traditions. I believe we left off on question eight last week. We were talking about before the podcast started here. So I'm just going to turn it over to uh, maybe Bill to reread it and Eric, because when we left off, Eric had some thoughts on that one. Uh, we're going to go from eight into nine. Okay, we finished up a question eight. How do you deal with the opinions of outside issues in in the group? Sometimes discussions happen during group conscience or business. That's the question we had finished up, and then Eric had some things he wanted to say at one, uh, and we said we would let him start off this week on that, okay? Perfect. After re-looking at the question and everything, um, I, I think that, so I got distract. I got uh, my questions out of order. Um, I think that the question that I was actually looking at is further on down the road. Um, okay. But I do see how, uh, you know, I, I think that it fits in right here with this. You know, it's uh, some of those things where the issues of, uh, you know, people coming into the room saying they're gaming addicts, saying they're food addicts, saying they're, you know, all these other issues and how they affect NA's unity, you know, um, I think that that's important to take a look at. You know, it's, are these things that we bring in, yeah, they may, they may be things that addicts struggle with and they may be a part of um, of our recovery, but when we bring in these, out, you know, these outside issues that not every single one of us have, you know, how does that create unity within a, within our group, and how does that keep us on our on our purpose? You know, um, I just don't think it does. And I, and I the example that I wanted to use was you know the Living Clean book, the professionally written Living Clean book, um, and how uh, it brings up all these outside issues and talks about them, and uh, how this is actually hurting our fellowship and not helping us to come together. So that's uh, basically all I wanted to say on that. Well, I would like to know what you're you're proposing. Another question here is what it sounds like. I, yeah, I think that what I was looking at was I'm looking at the questions now. Um, there was another question I saw that actually basically it, it was. I think it actually is probably closer to seven. How do you know if something is an outside issue? Which we we went over how we know if something is an outside issue. And uh, yeah, we, we yeah, I could be that. wrong. I, I think we were transitioning, and it was actually I think Eric, your thoughts were part of the transition from that one into eight because now we were dealing with outside issues being discussed in, in group conscience. Right, right. And that's that's where I was going with it. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I think we've already probably hit it for the most part. Um, I think we could probably just move forward on, you know, because I'm looking forward to this next one because I, I know that this next one, 
have affected a lot of people, you know. Yeah, I've, I've actually got a question for you two because I, I know my feelings on it, and I don't, I don't think that uh, the people really need to hear my opinion. Um, it's just, but the way I've come up, I guess, is uh, um, once in a while someone who's got a little time will say as part of their share, dealing with their experience, strength, and help, and asking for the group support, hey, I'm dealing with this issue now. But typically the old-timers I have seen, particularly in the area that I, I spent most of my time in, will, will, will focus on the drug addiction and make this more of a 12-step thing. And, and sometimes it's not even other addiction issues. It's just dealing with family issues, these things that we deal with trying to be a better person, but they keep the shares very focused on our primary purpose, and we don't pick up, we don't use, and we're talking about drugs in our program. Um, and I know there's a line that we cross that uh, is, is definitely, you know, when the meeting becomes about something else, we've, we've uh, lost our focus on the primary purpose, and the newcomer who's sitting there just trying to get off, just trying to get off the drugs. But I, I was wondering on, uh, a lot of people have a very hardcore stance about all that stuff needs to be discussed with a sponsor. Some people feel like, hey, this stuff can be uh, discussed with uh, discussed in the meeting as long as it's put in the proper context like that. We don't lose focus on our primary purpose, and it's it's made clear that this is part of my disease of addiction that causes my drug use, and this is what I'm dealing with right now. I'm asking my home group for help in this regard, or I'm, I'm sharing this to to take power away from it. Yeah, and that's kind of where I fall on it, but I don't know that I'm necessarily right. And I guess that's why I'm asking the question of, of both of you, because I'd really like to get your opinions on that issue. In all reality, Chubbs, I think you just uh, asked the question I was trying to word. <laughs> what did you just say? Have... What, what I said? I said that I... I really don't know what Eric just said to you, okay? He was saying he thinks I just uh, asked the question he was trying to formulate in his mind, I think, is what he was getting at. Uh, yep. Yeah, I think the basic text is clear on on uh, how we share. We share a, a, a message of hope and promise of freedom from active addiction, okay, and how we recover from that disease, okay, when we're sharing. Right. And there is a lot of stuff that's shared. I mean, I just got a call this morning, uh, you know, from a sponsor. He lives down in Delaware County, and he says his friend just brought an AA speaker in, okay, which is apparently a violation of of uh, Narcotics Anonymous, okay, to have someone up there speaking on another fellowship. That's simple stuff. But uh, when addicts get up there and, uh, you know, they want to uh, – Share a message. It's real simple. Yes, it's about drugs that we got here. However, that's not why we're here. We're here because of our addiction, and how do we recover from that disease is what our message should be about. Uh, but uh, I've heard a lot of speakers, when they get up there, they go into all other areas, okay, that have nothing to do with the recovery process. It's, it's hard to deal with that when they're doing that, okay? Uh, uh, the only way you can deal with that is if you choose speakers for a meeting, okay, that you make sure that the speakers you got coming in, you understand what they're sharing. But when someone's just sharing off the floor, there's no way to control that, okay? Uh, 
right. you know, except, uh, you know, through a process of how our group deals with that, okay, it's real simple. Uh, since we don't raise hands, okay, in our group, okay, which is real, is real, it's a real good opportune time when you don't have to raise hands uh, because if someone shares that way, you have someone else in the group that takes responsibility to share next to them and get it back on target, okay? Yeah. You know, uh, and, and get the meeting flowing again. You know, uh, and uh, basically, if uh, usually if I didn't share already, okay, even if I did, I might uh, share again on the issue that, uh, you know, we keep to our primary purpose and why our primary purpose is without insulting the person who just talked about that type of stuff, okay? And what's our primary purpose here as a group? And we're here to facilitate that primary purpose in our shares, you know, and, uh, you know, it's usually a responsibility that the group relies on uh, two or three long-term members to interject and get it back to where we need to go, okay? But it's hard to deal with them issues like you're saying, when they're doing it from just a regular share, okay? You know, yeah. we, don't we, we, we don't control that, but what is in the power of the group is how they choose the next person, if it's by hand, okay, that, uh, you know, one of the, the home group members should take that responsibility and put their hand up, and the chair or secretary, whatever you want to call the person that's conducting the meeting, should pick on that person to get that meeting back on target, Okay. You know, it, uh, right. and not have a meeting go off target because once that happens, a lot of times you have a lot of chiming in on that. Then, okay, and that's where you gotta yeah. uh, you have to keep the atmosphere back on the recovery meeting. What we're if we're studying a piece of literature, what's going, what's the literature talking about? Get it focused back on the literature instead. Okay, which uh, on Friday night it's a grade book meeting. On um, on Monday night it's a baby blue uh, meeting. On Wednesday night it's a step meeting of the baby blue. And Saturday night is a reading of the baby blue, okay? So it's easy to get it back on focus with that because we don't run open topic meetings, okay? Uh, we, we Everything that we do is out of literature. And so we try to keep focused on the literature instead and uh, focus on what the literature is saying. And if something happens, we get it focused back to the literature and what we do. And that's how we handle that, okay? It's still an educational stuff. Even with these older members, sometimes they think they're helping, okay? Uh, I mean, I heard people with 30 years start talking about, well, I went through, uh, you know, uh, this rehabilitation center and named the rehabilitation center. And, uh, you know, I'll pull that guy together after the meeting and I'll talk with him about it. Hey, you know, could you please not uh, talk about the rehabilitation center? Yeah, you went to rehab, but how do you stay clean once you come out? I think it's more important in your message. You know, it's a good message, but uh, it dilutes what you're saying when you start focusing on that rehabilitation center and endorsing that. You know, and we're dealing with a lot of that in NA today where they're saying, well, you know, people make it to NA and then they're telling, well, you need to go to rehab. Well, guess what? You're in NA. What's our responsibility here? We're not here to tell you you need to go to rehabilitation center. We're here to help you stay clean. So how are we going to help you stay clean is more important and not referring other people to other places once they made it here, okay? All right? Uh, if there is a medical emergency, you get together at the meeting with that person, okay? And and uh, you deal with the medical emergency with that person, okay, privately, okay? Not through the, not in the meeting. 
you know, what a meeting's going on. You get together with that person after the meeting, and you don't refer them to any place except, hey, uh, you know, it's a medical emergency, and you see that they're going through a heavy detox, that they could go into convulsions or something. Responsibility, yes, that after the meeting is to get them to the freaking emergency ward, okay, where they can handle that. You know, uh, you know but uh, we don't deal with that, in, you know, from the floor. You know, and instructing people right. on how to do that stuff. That's the awareness that we need to have in our rooms. You know, yeah. and, uh, so I think there's a real education process through uh, public information to, with inside our fellowship that we need to get more involved in, okay? And what NA really is, okay, whether it's writing a new IP, okay, uh, you know, uh, and backing it up with the traditions on what Narcotics Anonymous is and what it isn't again, okay, because... Uh, you know, it may be time for that again, that we need a really good public information IP within the fellowship, uh, you know, as a tool for for groups to be able to utilize or not utilize in their meetings, but have that available for them, you know, to combat this situation. Yeah. Because uh, NA has yeah. truly lost its its way in a lot of meetings in this area. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has. Um, you know, really quickly, um, if you're tuning in new, it's just because kind of what we're talking, I don't want to go back into what we've talked about in detail in a previous podcast, but if you're sitting there going, well, our third tradition just says using, it doesn't say using drugs, uh, go back and listen to Tradition 3 because we addressed that in detail and why uh, the only requirement for membership in, in our fellowship is the desire to stop using drugs and the historical context of that and what the people who, who kind of wrote that, converted that over from another fellowship. Uh, I mean, Billy knew some of these people. Excuse me, Bill knew some of these people. Uh, and, and that's, we know what their intent was. It came out of their mouths uh, as they were converting the other fellowships' traditions. I kind of took us away from, from the second half of that with my question uh, so I always want to say two things really quickly. If you're somebody with time that recognize, and this could, if time means you could have a month, and you could recognize that somebody's asking for help on something that is an outside issue that, that, that we, we shouldn't get the meeting off track, but you've got experience. It doesn't matter if you've got 30 years, 50 years, two months. This is a person asking for help. This is a perfect opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to get with this person after the meeting and share what I went through with them outside of, the Narcotics Anonymous meeting, but back to the original context that I kind of took this away from, I was talking about group conscience meetings, I, I, I believe, and emphasized part of that uh, question. In, in group conscience meetings, the way it's dealt with in the home group that I belong to is, is, is that that's not the time to just have somebody else share. We'll, we will talk to each other directly and, and say, hey, I think this is an outside issue, and we do it lovingly, and then one thing we always keep in mind is this is not a debate, this is not a vote. Uh, whenever we have, and we do run into differences of opinion still in our group conscience meetings. Is, in fact, we just did uh, eight days ago. Uh, we had a, a group conscience meeting working on these uh, proposals for the, the conference and uh, had some diverging opinion among the three of us and that were there. And, uh, and we just had to remind ourselves, hey, look, this isn't about our opinion. This is about uh, group conscience. So while we're doing is then we were able to discuss different points of view without debating and say, let's take this back and pray on this and, and meditate and, and treat this as a collective 11th step and, 
I'm pretty sure we're all going to come back with the same conclusion. You know, my opinion changed once again. So when we're talking about a group conference meeting, we can be more direct with people, but we still keep it loving and, 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 and remind ourselves that this isn't about a debate. This is about staying on track with the traditions. And usually feelings aren't hurt when we do it that way. And if they are, then, then we help each other grow up and get over it. <laughs> okay. So I, I've already uh, – I, I know the next question. I actually bit my tongue on some things because it led into it. So I'm going to let you go for that, Bill, unless either one of you had more on question eight there. So are you uh, clear on, on what you want to ask them and has it been asked, answered? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I'm. I want to make sure before we move on, okay? That yep. we're all clear on that there, and the understanding of what we just talked about. Yep. Yeah. So, covered it well. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure, okay? Because the next question: How can expressing opinions on religion affect NA? Okay. It's the next question there, and uh. uh I think it gets into more, more, uh, you know, uh, things than just religion when it's expressed and how it affects NA. Okay, but uh, when you express uh, religious religion in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous, okay, and that the group is involved in that, they're separating first of all, and we're we're dealing with a uh, an issue that can turn away addicts, okay, uh, because most of us that when we walk through the doors have been affected in one form or another by religious interpretations of other individuals, okay? And uh, we have enough problems already within the fellowship when you first walk in. And and, I, and, and I'm one of them addicts that when I first walked in and said, oh, it's about this God shit again, all right? It's about these religious combinations, you know, and what are they going to try to force God on me now? You know, and, and if you openly... Uh, I walked into a meeting, okay, and well, I was looking for a meeting in, in another state, another town, and their helpline system was all messed up, could not find the meeting. First, I ended up in a rehabilitation center, so they must have originally had the meeting in a rehabilitation center, and, uh, an open narcotics anonymous meeting, per se, okay? And I walked in, and I'm looking at them, wait, where am I at, okay? And I'm talking with the people, oh, they left here, okay? Well, where'd they go? So they sent me to another place, and the meeting wasn't there. So I'm driving around this town, the big city, and uh, I see all these cars at this church, okay? So I pull in and I walk in, and I didn't even know if I was in a Narcotics Anonymous meeting, and I'll be honest with you. And they were dressed in all their garb from their religious sect, okay? And they had about 100 people in there dressed in this manner. And I'm looking at one of the guys, I said, I know this guy from the early 80s. I don't think I'm in the right place, but I'm going to sit here and listen at this point because I need a break, okay? Yeah. And then I'm listening, I'm listening, and I finally heard the message, okay, of Narcotics Anonymous. But it was basically being run like it was in that religious sect, okay, the way they were operating it. And, um, yeah, and, and if I was a brand-new person walking in there, I'd have walked out, okay? Because they were... Uh, you know, they were dressed as if they were going to their uh, their worship place, the whole meeting, and and uh, you know, and I'm like, 
I've been around long enough to know that I saw one guy I knew was in NA before, so I was going to sit there and wait. And hopefully I was not in the religious thing, okay? Uh, you know, but it, it would have affected me if I was a brand-new person coming off the streets in a hurry, okay? I'd get out of there in a hurry and probably would never come back to Narcotics Anonymous, okay? All right? Uh, because I'd known they were about that sect of religion, you know, and uh, I would have never heard the NA message, okay? All right? Uh, I mean, I shared in that room, okay? I did share there, and I talked about Narcotics Anonymous message, okay? And uh, like I said, I do exactly what I said we do in our home group, and I shared about, uh, you know, because uh, I didn't know what the topic they were on or what what they were reading or anything, okay? Because I walked in after they started the meeting up, okay? And and I couldn't get anything out of them what the actual uh, topic they were discussing or piece of literature they read out of anybody's share. It was that distorted, okay? And uh, there was a lot of praising that sect of, of religious God in that room that night, okay? So that really uh, would have diverted me as a brand-new person, okay? And it affects newcomers from being able to attend meetings when that happens. It drives us away, okay? It puts a, 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 it, it puts a barrier on what's going on in narcotics and violence, and we have to be very aware of that when we do that. Uh, you know, it's... it's, it's uh, that's why we have no affiliation with the facilities we even meet in. We're renting them facilities, okay, whether they be churches, whether they be uh, you know, in a public uh, uh, building or wherever, okay. I mean, over in uh, Holland, a lot of their meetings are in public buildings, okay, all right, which sometimes I had a hard time years ago to walk into public meetings because of my anonymity of, you know, people being there uh, in them facilities that may have known me, okay? Uh, so I, I had a rough time. I'd, I'd rather go in the basement of a church, okay, where people didn't know me, okay? You know, yeah. uh, you know uh, where there was a back entrance to get down the stairwell, okay? <laughs> you know, I felt better. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, yeah. But when, when they met in public, facilities and they and they were open for business I had a rough time walking into them places you know uh, even a lot of time you know I do it but I didn't I didn't like it okay I didn't like meeting in hospitals okay uh, and you had to walk in through the, the front lobby I'd rather be able to walk in through a you know and not know where the meeting was at because it would just be at uh, say they say it's at uh, St. Alpe, I mean Theopathic Hospital so you got to walk up to the front desk and ask them, where's the Narcotics Anonymous meeting? Because there was no signs or anything, you know, there when you walk through the door, okay? So you keep your anonymity, okay? It's just like, uh, and and I believe that affected newcomers also from attending that meeting, okay? Because they had to go to the front desk. You know, they didn't have a, uh, you know, just at the hospital, it didn't have what room they were in, okay? You know, right. uh, you know, and, uh, you know, it's it's just like uh, we'll say it's at uh, Cedar Church in the back entrance. Okay, all right. Let's see, uh, but usually our meetings are when the church isn't going on when we're there. Okay, so you don't have to deal with that stuff. You know, but you have to be very aware of that that you don't allow religion or any other type of situation come into your into your uh, into your rooms if you're renting a space at a halfway home. You know. Uh, you know, you, you can't have any halfway home doctrines and stuff in your meeting 
going on when you're there, you know, so people don't take that by the, you know, wrongly that you have an affiliation with them or you're promoting that type of stuff, okay? We're there to carry the message is what we are, and that's what it needs to be focused on when it says we're not uh, connected with any religious, uh, you know, or any of these other type of things, okay? We need to make sure that that's not the message we're carrying in our rooms, okay, and especially with religion. Uh, you know, that's just like having biker meetings and stuff to me, okay? You know, it's, yeah. it's, putting a, a, it's dividing. It's a divisional thing. You know, people got to be allowed to come to an understanding of God, of, of, of an understanding that they learned by participating, that they learned through their own form of, of working steps with their sponsor and stuff like that. You know, that we're not promoting that in our rooms, okay? That's, that's a fine line that we, we cross, okay, when we get involved in these things. I mean, I was in an NA meeting, and it's how the purist movement came, okay, originally. We were in D.C., uh, there was um, Larry, uh, you know, myself, uh, you know, a uh, sponsee of mine, uh, Chris from D.C., and uh, uh, Jim D., okay, from Trenton were there. And we were in a, a, a meeting. It was actually supposed to be a fundraiser for Alive and Well in 85 in D.C., the World Convention. And it turned into a religious-type meeting of praising, praising God, you know, praising a set form of, of of Christianity, you know, appraising, yeah. uh, you know, and it was just like I thought I was in a Southern Baptist revival meeting. That affects NA as a whole when you do stuff like that. It divides us. It it, uh, it says you got to believe in this God, and, and that's not Narcotics Anonymous, and it causes division within our fellowship when we do that. And, we're, you know, that's an area we need to avoid in, in, at all costs. You know, it's why I don't talk, even talk to my sponsees unless they want to know and, and we get into, hey, I do not bring, bring in my interpretation of God with my sponsees even, okay? You know, I help them develop their own interpretation. They come to a belief in the spiritual power that they met by coming through the doors and meeting the greater power and defining it as they want in the, in the God consciousness. You know, I do not drive people to my personal beliefs at all. I avoid that at, at, at any cost, okay? Uh, you know, some know what I believe in, uh, you know, but I still do not uh, drive them to that, okay? I, do, I keep that out of our discussion with their step work. And I think that's important as a sponsor because you could also drive people out of the room when you try to do that, okay? I've been accused of that in the past, but I don't do that, okay? Yeah. All right. Uh, I, I I can attest to that. Having done extensive work with you uh, and uh, deep discussions over the last year, and, and me struggling with my interpretation of a higher power, and uh, I know exactly where you stand and exactly what you believe. And we have conversations as friends all the time on what we believe. And I have never once felt any pressure. Quite the opposite. Quite the. I've, I've felt nothing but encouraged to. You need to do what you need to do with respect to your higher power. I've never, <laughs> and I, I this is a defend Phil podcast, but man, yeah, I've got firsthand experience with that. And uh, this man practices what he's what he's preaching, no pun intended there, for lack of a better term. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, this I, this actually affects our fellowship more often than I think people realize. And I came in, Bill. I, I heard all the same. Uh, 
I, my experience was I saw the God stuff. I heard it in the in the steps. I saw 12 steps. I heard him say alcohol is a drug. And what's going through my head is, oh, yeah, these fuckers, more God stuff. And looks like one of these Alcoholics Anonymous offshoots. And I didn't know there was a difference in the non-affiliation and all of that. And, and I thought I was in the wrong place. And uh, But then I heard stuff like we don't care about what or how much you used. And when they were talking about, you know, religion or lack of religion. And I heard that my very first night and it hit home with me that it was okay that I didn't have their, you know, religion or lack of religion. And what I heard was a message of hope and a promise of freedom from active addiction. Uh, that's what kept me coming back after that first night. I wanted nothing to do with these people that were talking about complete abstinence. It was, that was not my plan coming into that room. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we get, uh, there's a lot of areas that there'll be a predominant religion, and, and I'm not uh, saying this is an endorsement. I'm just going to give examples so people know what I'm talking about. If you're in, like, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, or Boston, you might have the Catholic churches very strong. If you're in uh, many parts of Idaho or Utah or, or, or certain western states, even certain towns in California, you'll have a very strong, what's officially called the LDS religion, but a, a, a Mormon influence. Um, and what you get in these meetings, I've noticed, I've gone, and I haven't been to Boston, but I've been in different places around the country, what I have noticed is that you, you get two things happening where there's a predominant religion. You get people who hate the religion and they want to speak against it and, and talk about all the ways that fucked up their life, and then you get people that want to promote that religion because they're a part of it, and they'll slide things into their share, like uh, they'll use terminology from that religion, and, and we don't need examples there. It wouldn't be beneficial to anybody, but but you'll notice it when you see it. And both of those things are not beneficial. If you use the old school readings like our meeting does, a lot of people misinterpret those, uh, which is one of the reasons they changed this wording without the fellowship asking for it to be changed. Uh, where it, And I think part of it was to, to muddy the waters, too, so that they could do stuff with DRT. Uh, but at the same time, the motivation, I guess, is not as important as what it says. But when it talks about jail did not help us at all, medicine and religion, medicine, religion, and psychiatry seems to have no answers for us that we could use. That does not say that those things are invalid. It does not say they do not work. They're talking about us. Jail did not help us at all. It doesn't say jail does not help anybody. It says jail did not help us. Medicine, religion, and psychiatry seems to have no answers that we could use. To me, what that means is I'm such a knucklehead, I can't hear the message from those places. I need it from addicts. I need it in its simplest form, and I need it to be just about addiction. It's not an indictment of, the, of, those, of those institutions, and, and they have no place in our rooms for or against, which is why the reading religion or lack of religion. We don't care. Uh, you don't have to be a religious person. We don't care if you are, and it doesn't, uh, you, you know, you having a greater power and how that's helped you uh, stop using uh, is 100% what needs to be in our rooms. But, but your brand of that higher power or your opposition to certain interpretations has, has absolutely no place in the room. And I, I kind of want to dive back into the last question where I bit my tongue is the only time uh, the home group that I belong to that we have ever confronted during a meeting was when, when this got way out of hand and it was with uh, – somebody who was an old-timer in another fellowship, and it was actually it was a 12-step fellowship that did not use the traditions, uh, but they were run by a religion, and they had permission from, from that uh, predecessor fellowship, for lack of a better term, to, to use those 12 steps in their, their recovery program. 
and this guy started talking about their readings and how they're going to this meeting tomorrow night. He had newcomers with him that were his sponsees in this other fellowship and, and started talking about and we very lovingly told this guy, hey, look, all this stuff is very valid and we know it's helped your recovery and we know you don't have traditions in this other fellowship. Here's what they are. But we needed to make clear to the meeting because there were a lot of other newcomers there as well that uh, Narcotics Anonymous has a thing. It, it got to the point that it needed to be interrupted, and nobody left mad, nobody left angry, uh, and we had a discussion with the guy after the meeting, but it was the one time that it got so, the meeting got so off track um, or so convoluted that it just needed to be clearly stated that, hey, uh, Narcotics Anonymous does not endorse or oppose this religion or this even this fellowship, even though they use 12 steps, uh, and I believe they even talked about addiction in their 12 steps. I couldn't steps. They're um, not third step, uh, first step, sorry. I think they had our same first step. And uh, uh, I, but but uh, even though the steps were pretty much the same, it was, we had to make clear that we don't, we don't endorse or oppose this other religion and, and we cannot, ha we can't have newcomers thinking that we're part of this because it does drive newcomers away. Uh, and it's not just talking, it's not just being religious that can drive a newcomer away. Uh, you don't know about that 80-year-old lady that's a devout member of some religion and, and she realizes she needs help from somewhere else. She doesn't need to hear you. It doesn't even need to be an 80-year-old lady, anybody. It could be a 20-year-old kid. Uh, someone walking in and off the street, their first experience with Narcotics Anonymous does not need to be you bashing their religion. How is that going to help them get better? Whether you agree with their religion or not, it has no place in our rooms. And I, I know I'm wordy on this, but I have very strong, I was going to say opinions on this. I have very strong, I have, I have a lot of... Uh, I've encountered this quite a bit, and it's bothered me for a number of years, the way religions are sometimes maligned in the rooms. Even even religion, uh, a particular religion that I was part of that I, I, I'm glad to be away from, I don't like hearing it maligned in the rooms. It has no place in our rooms, and my problem with religion was not necessarily religion itself. It was somebody else's interpretation or something I was fucking up in my head uh, that wasn't what somebody else was teaching me. And, and that's, that's the simple truth. It, it, and whether that's the case or not, it's always about me. In the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous, it's always about me. It doesn't matter if it's not my fault. It's about me. I, I can't control what happened to me being molested as a child. It's about me and how I respond to it. Nobody can take responsibility but that for that but me. And it's the same with religion. It's about me. It's not about the religion, and it has no place in our rooms. Soapbox done. I, I have a habit of saying that. Like, I'm getting real preachy. Eric, you got any brother? No, I, I think you guys hit it pretty well, you know. Um I we've struggled with it around our area quite a bit and uh um, you know, it's sometimes I think people don't want to say anything at all. It's you know, it's just uh we have certain addicts that uh they believe that they can get in there and they're like, Well, I feel bad because I can't talk about my specific religion, and, and I'm, I'm like, there's there's no reason that you need to bring that into the rooms. You know, it, it separates us. It doesn't it doesn't keep us together, and it it really does tear us apart. You know, it's not. It, and this one individual saying that that's why he can't believe certain things, and, and it's like he's talking about that we. Uh, 
are endorsing certain beliefs and stuff, and it's like, no, we're not endorsing any belief. You know, we're just saying we do not have an opinion. You have the right to make your own decision regarding this. We're not going to force our will on you. And even if we, you know, even if we're just talking about our own individual experience, and, you know, it that is a form of endorsement. That is a form of somebody, you know, not respecting our traditions and not honoring them. And, and they're taking what they believe, you know, and they might have the best of intentions. You know, I, I honestly believe that when one individual really does have the best of intentions. Um, but NA is not a place for uh, preaching, you know. <laughs> we're, we're here to deal with the disease of addiction and how NA deals with it, not, not to uh, try and convert people to any religion or to convert people to, to believe the way that we, that we believe, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you guys hit it really well. well. I just want to touch on something when you said that, Eric, because we're not, I, I could care less if they have good intentions or not when it, when it uh, promotes a religious content mm-hmm. in our rooms, okay? We, we are outside of the sphere of our traditions, okay? And I want people to understand that, okay, that we are outside our sphere when we do that. Whether I have good intentions or not, I'm going to harm the Fellowship Narcotics Anonymous as a whole in carrying out its primary purpose. And I think that's the important side here that needs to be talked about when we're dealing with issues like this. That, uh, you know, I can't get caught up in my my intentions. That's not why I'm here in Narcotics Anonymous. I struggled with that in the beginning. I developed a conscience awareness throughout the steps, okay, with my sponsor. And I always like to say I never knew my my really first NA sponsor's understanding of, of any type of religious content, whether he believed or didn't believe, okay, but he led me to where I'm at, you know. Wow. And I had two other men that strongly led me to where I'm at, and I know they didn't believe in what I believe in today, okay. So how could that be except through the room to Narcotics Anonymous? And if they had expressed what they were doing, and I know one of my friends tried that with me, and it divided us, even in our friendship, it divided us uh, because he was expressing a uh, an Eastern religious thing on me, and I it's it 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 uh, uh, and he didn't have an understanding that I studied all religions of the world in my addiction already. Okay, and uh, you know. As more on a history factualization than an actual religious content. I studied religions to understand mankind and stuff because I love history. But I don't talk about that history even in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous, okay? On my knowledge of these different areas. I don't bring that in in any form and it has no business in our rooms whether I have a good intent or not. My, my business and our group's business is to carry out our primary purpose to the, to the addicts who still suffers, and that's an NA message of open promise of freedom. And, and it doesn't matter what my intentions are. My intentions could drive someone away. You know, and I could care less if I offend anybody when I, when I express this, okay? Because what's more important is the whole we of this fellowship and the help, the help the help of this fellowship and making sure we can better carry out our primary purpose throughout the world, okay? Uh, and I, I, I think I, that's... Oh, go ahead. 
I think that's the important issue here. Um, you know, with regard to that that intent thing, I I, I don't think y'all are actually uh, in any disagreement there. I, I myself, whether or not you're offended, is, is that's your issue. Um, for me, my intent when I'm doing something is irrelevant. What's the outcome, and am I am I within the traditions personally? For me, where the another person's good intention comes in, and it it's it's not you can't pull punches as far as saying hey this is outside the traditions. Um, but I have to practice this less on uh, the religious side of things, more with regard to, to like, people who are very pro-Nas or are outside the traditions as kind of concepts-based thinkers. Um, when I realize their intent is not to be evil, is not to be malicious, and not to destroy N.A., um, I can approach them in a way that's loving because my character defects, if I think someone's intentions are bad, I, I, I tend to assume that, number one as part of this character, this, this single character defect of fear that I have that causes all my shortcomings. Uh, but I, I will assume that they have bad intentions, and then I want to go on the attack and attack them because they're attacking what I love. And, and the Nas people do that with us. We do that with them. It, the only the, the place where I, I think that's where Eric was at with it, but I don't want to presume to speak for him, is uh, when I realize somebody's intentions are good, I can confront somebody directly uh, but in a loving manner that, that's more more uh, more apt to accomplish the goal. And, and if if they choose to get offended and leave the rooms, that's their business, not mine. Um, but but I, I found it uh, even when someone's not going to you're not going to change their mind. I, I, I had a conversation with a very hardcore novice person one time. They shouldn't even listen to me, and and this person at least listened to me, and their their opinion didn't change. But uh, it was the, the realization that person isn't malicious they they uh they believe what they believe and act on character defects the same way i do um maybe a seed was planted but that's to me where the intent goes and and uh yeah maybe i'm wrong there but uh, that's that's uh i think y'all are kind of on the same page anyway i just want to clarify for the listener with intent you know wait it wasn't uh that i that i have a different understanding chubbs is it's, I'm more right. concerned about the people that are listening to this podcast, okay? All right? right. And, and when we're well, talking about things like that, that uh, you know, I, I just think that has to be clarified, okay? All right? Yeah, that, uh, yeah We're not here to uh, get involved in what their intentions are or anything like that there. It's, if that is happening, it's, it's dividing and harming the fellowship, Okay is more important when we're talking about issues like that. You know, not their intentions. I'm not here to define what their intentions are. If it's, if it's causing the division, the group needs to deal with it and make sure that we're correcting that if, we're, if we are allowing that to continue in our group with any type of religious content in our group, okay, that we need to touch it and be aware of it, that we're not promoting that stuff. Right. You know, um, that's that's my only concern that when we're talking that we're not we're not bringing in people's intents and stuff that that together I can assume everybody's supposed to be a good person however if it's dividing the fellowship it needs to be dealt with yeah uh, maybe a better way to put it for me I, I think we all agree and tell me if we get it, it's it's very it's, it's not just possible it, it's uh, it can be done almost every time uh, to be direct and blunt and still loving with somebody that we don't need to attack people 
And uh, I don't think that's what you were saying, Bill, at all. I just I didn't want to, the listeners to get a to think you and Eric were in some sort of disagreement or, or like we're saying, hey, we'll run you fuckers out of the room because I, I uh, and maybe I'm just being uh, acting on character defects and worrying about what people will think or yeah, trying to create some difference where there's not because I'm misinterpreting things. But uh, yeah, I, I don't well, disagree with. I, I, we can. I don't we can. Either one of you saying. We can disagree without being disagreeable at times also in this fellowship, okay? Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. All right? Okay? Right. And uh, our group does not look at what someone's intent is, okay, and that they're not they're good people or bad people. We look at the effects of what's happening in our group instead is what I'm talking about. All right? And, and we're not going to drive someone out of the room, uh by being nasty with them or anything else, okay? We're going to explain the traditions, what the tradition's about, and why we don't want to get involved in that. And that person's going to have to make a decision uh, if they're going to continue that, that it's not uh, being promoted in any form by our home group. We're not going to get involved right. in that area, okay? All right? Uh, and it's important that when we're talking about issues that we don't get caught up in that either and personally defending ourselves either in that area, okay? I'm not glad I did go down that road because, Bill, you said more succinctly what I was trying to say than I could have said. So <laughs> that was that was beautiful. That was perfect. Okay. Thank you. So now that, we're going to go into up. the next question then, right? How expressing yeah. opinions on therapy, treatment, drug courts, halfway homes, et cetera, can affect NA. Okay. Uh, see, and that's what I was trying to talk about a little bit when I was sharing about uh, the whole thing. It, it's more than religion when we're expressing, because now now we're going to other areas, and that's what I was trying to go into also and include with that there. I was trying to include nine and ten together, okay, because it's more than re- uh, you know religion and how it can affect NA. Any opinions on outside issues with therapy, treatment, drug courts, halfway homes, et cetera, can affect our fellowship. Having any opinions on that stuff and uh, affect us. And I shared a little bit about this earlier when we're dealing with an addict. Uh, yes, uh, in the rooms, and people are telling, well, you need to go to rehab. Well, now we're having an opinion, and our opinion that is already based on we're there to carry the message of Narcotics Anonymous. If there is a med- medical emergency, get together with that addict after the, after the meeting and uh, get him to an emergency room so we're not responsible for his medical condition, okay? It'd be the same thing if someone's having a heart attack in the room. You're going to deal with that in a hurry. You're going to get the ambulance in. You're going to get them sent to the emergency room, okay? And that's not a having an opinion. That's taking care of a medical issue on the spot. Right. Uh, you know, that you, and that could happen in the rooms, okay, where you have someone having a stroke, a heart attack, or, or going into a seizure. You have to deal with them, them situations. And that's not having a, a, an opinion on an outside issue. That's just taking care of the medical issue immediately in the room. Okay? What's going to happen if you have a lady going into labor in the room? You're going to get her to the emergency room, okay? You're going to find out what hospital is taking care of her and get her there, okay? Uh, you know, that's a responsibility that we take on when they come into our rooms at times and, and anywhere in the world when you walk in and things, people take care of them issues. But when we're expressing our opinions, and the problem is when you choose speakers and they get up there and talk, start talking about this set rehabilitation center and how it helped it, you're expressing an opinion on that rehabilitation center. 
okay? I basically, you'll hear me share, I got kicked out of a, a halfway home on a one-way street, okay? My opinion is that that halfway home didn't work for me, okay? All right? Uh, you know, if, 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 they, if they worked for me, I'd be on medication yet, okay? I'd be on their meds that I got kicked out for not doing their meds, okay? I made a clear-cut decision. That didn't work, okay? Yes, I might have been put away, and I did some long-term withdrawal from society and stuff like that. It didn't work. None of that worked. What worked was Narcotics Anonymous, okay? I've been, and that's basically sharing about where it says we've been to all these places, and none of them worked for us, okay? They didn't work for me. And that used to be in our literature where they didn't work. It wasn't that they weren't sufficient. They didn't work for us, okay? And we're, we're at the last bus stop, okay? And so now we got people coming in that don't get to the last bus stop, and they're expressing their opinions, oh, how great this place is and how, to, how they keep going back there for, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, two, three times a year when they get, uh, get, get all goofed up and they run back to the to a rehabilitation center and oh how great it is well guess what i it, it's not it's not expressing our it's having an opinion what works outside of us we don't express that in the rooms okay we don't endorse it in our room and does it affect yes i mean i heard addicts saying well maybe i'm not doing it right i didn't go to a rehabilitation center and i look at them and say great you're in the right place okay you don't have to go to them places okay to learn the steps I'll have addicts come in and they'll, and they'll just relapse. Oh, maybe I should, you know, uh, I've been, t- people are telling me I should go to a rehabilitation center. And I look at them, why? You're here. Okay? Yeah. Why are NA people telling you you should go to these places? Okay? You're missing. The, and I'm like, no, you're not missing a thing. I, I deal with these people. Okay? I just dealt with a guy that come back after three years and where he was at, he's driving, uh, about 70 miles to come up here every Friday night now, okay, to be with us. He called me up and says, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I said, what's wrong? And he says, well, you know, uh, my sponsor's telling me I need to go to rehabilitation center again. And I'm like, for what? I said, what's it going to teach you that you already don't know? And he says, well, I don't know. I said, then why do you need to go? I says, you're back in the rooms, aren't you? You said, yeah. I said, how long are you back in them? I'm back in a month, so why would you have to go there? You know, I don't know what he's telling you, okay? But it sounds like he's endorsing treatment facilities, okay, and, and, and endorsing that type of behavior, which I think you're in the right place at the right time with the right people, and you need to start making calls to certain, you know, people that believe in Narcotics Anonymous, and I got some folks, okay, I'll give you some phone numbers that are local for you to call down there, okay, that you can probably get together with faster than you can get together with me. And he said, well, I'm going to come back up and join the Friday night meeting where originally I started my recovery at. I said, well, that's great. If you want to drive that distance, great. We'd love to have you, okay. But I didn't get involved in endorsing anything outside. He's here. Uh, you know, and, and I don't do that anyway. If I get a 12-step call, and uh, my job is to get them to the meetings. My job basically is to talk about Narcotics Anonymous and how we can help them. And if you made it to our rooms, give us a chance, okay, is what I'll say. And when people in the room start endorsing them to go to rehabilitation centers and stuff like that, uh, they are uh, affiliating themselves with outside things, in the, you know, and, uh, you know, 
I'm not an agent. There are people that run around in the rooms that are actually agents of these rehabilitation centers that are making money off sending addicts there. And I know that because I got contacted by a couple of these headhunters that telling me if I can get them referrals, they could pay me $500 a head by sending people there, okay? And I know there's people in our rooms that are doing that, okay, that are making money off of sending people. And the minute they hear someone made it through the doors and didn't go to rehab, hey, there's $500. So let me call up this guy. He'll get them in, okay? And I'll get a $500 check. And I know there's some type of people that are doing that, okay? All right? And, uh, you know, so we have to be very aware of that in our rooms. There are people in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous that are actually making a living out of this. And when you start getting involved in expressing opinions on therapy, treatment, drug courts, halfway homes, et cetera, that affect they, and, and how they affect us is we are off our primary purpose. Our primary purpose is what? To carry the message to the actions of sufferers. And it's to talk about the 12 steps, how to get involved in a spiritual way of life, and how we recover through our support network, getting people to the next meeting and uh, being there for them and being there physically and available for them. And and we got to make sure we're physically available, carrying our Narcotics Anonymous message that you also can recover here. You don't have to go anywhere else. You're home. Making them feel that they made it home and there's no reason for them to have to go anywhere else. Okay, you're home, folks. Welcome home. You know, and we yeah. have to be very aware of that. You know. I, I heard welcome home in my very first meeting, um, and that's all I, I – the beautiful thing about NA, and I never even thought about this, I didn't need any special knowledge to get clean here. Um, and I, it's, it's here nor there. I, I, one of those people didn't happen to go through, through a treatment center or a detox. And I, whether you need to do that to quit using, that's, uh, that's up to you. Uh, it's not our concern, but, but my recovery, and it had nothing to do. I didn't need any knowledge. All I needed to, to, to uh, start the NA process was surrender. I, and, and it wasn't complete surrender. I didn't, uh, well, I don't really think we, we get a complete surrender or, or even come close to that until an 11th step, but we make a decision in the third step. But all I needed was, was some surrender, and it, it was just, I didn't have to have any special knowledge to do things their way and to give it a chance and to become happy. Um, it doesn't mean my life was perfect, but all of a sudden, from that first meeting, I was no longer miserable, and I, I was able to have happiness in my life again and something to look forward to. And I had no special knowledge. I had one meeting where I heard experience, strength, and hope, you know, and and I was willing to be honest with myself that I might have a bigger problem than I wanted to admit. I was open-minded to what they were saying or, or trying to be, and I was willing to try this program. And, and, and uh, I, that didn't happen until after the meeting that I became willing to try the program, but it worked, and that's all I needed to start this process and, and stay clean from that point on. And it, and it wasn't even a goal to stay clean because I, I was not capable of, of staying clean beyond a, a very small amount of time. I had no, I had to have no special knowledge. The only knowledge I did have to have sink in for me for this to work was just for today. Oh, shit, I don't have to worry about tomorrow at all. I just need to do this today. And that's really all it took for me, and, and, and that that's the beauty of the message. And, and this, this tradition is not just about unity and the, con, the controversies that take place within our, our own fellowship. 
because the second half of that uh, tradition talks about the, the NA name um, being drawn into public controversy. And it's the NA name might never be drawn into public controversy. Uh, uh, and that's that's very important as well because that distracts us from the primary purpose. If, if we were to, to get out there with opinions one way or the other on on whether marijuana should be legal or alcohol should be legal or illegal, all of a sudden we'd have news organizations coming to us asking our opinion as Narcotics Anonymous, and all of a sudden we'd be debating legal stuff instead of, no, that stuff is not clean in our rooms, and that's all we need to know, and that's all we need to work on. It keeps us focused on our primary purpose by keeping us out of the public debates. You there? Yeah, Hello? I'm here. Can you guys still hear me? I'm here. Yep. I just, everything went quiet there, so. Okay. <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> I just shut up and said whoever wants to jump in next will jump in. So. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I really think, you know, when we talk about issues like this, we need to, you know, keep it focused and like uh, Chubbs just talked about, how does it affect our second half of that tradition, okay, which is really important, okay, you know, because uh, we got to be very aware of, of our effects and bringing ourselves into public controversy. There's many people that will agree with us, okay, if we take a stand on these issues, okay, and promote them even, and there'll be many of people that we would lose in the meantime because of it, okay? And that's what we need to be concerned about, the people that we would lose if we took these type of stands at the fellowship and what it would do to our fellowship, and our fellowship would dissolve because of these things, okay? Or we'd be turned into some other type of, of organization instead. And I think that's the basic concern uh, with a lot of these issues, how our services have been affected by these opinions on, on, on therapy, treatment, the drug courts, the halfway homes, and how they affected NA as a whole right now, okay? Uh, the whole court slip signing stuff has come by uh, a service body uh, basically uh, making opinions on Narcotics Anonymous, okay, to the treatment facilities and to the drug courts, okay? And, and basically dividing some of us in the fellowship if we don't sign their slips, okay, uh, has affected us as a whole already, okay? And the groups that are signing them by following suit by this service body, this board, directing them that this is something that we're involved in, and it has all has to do with, uh, I think a lot of the, the next question also will be involved in that, will have public relations instead of public information affecting ongoing opinions and outside issues, okay? It's the same. It's, it, it gets brought right into that, okay, uh, where we're being affected as a whole, okay, in uh, by these opinions of a board of directors and their effects of a lot of their people that, that are on that board being involved in rehabilitation field, okay, and how that affects us as a whole. And so in literature... Uh, by a corporation, writing by a corporation, trying to have opinions on these issues in that literature, okay? And uh, they have a, you know, uh, they are labeling us as a public relations department now instead of public information informing the public 
of Narcotics Anonymous existence is now basically taking stands on these opinions and stuff like that on on this literature and how we're to deal with them and things like that and and uh, you know it's causing a major ripple effect throughout Narcotics Anonymous with these issues with uh, with the drug courts. Uh, you know, where you're signing slips, but you're also endorsing that we don't have opinions and uh, we should stay away from saying, oh, they're not clean on these drugs. You know, and it's basically going against the philosophy that we have in Narcotics Anonymous, okay? Changing our philosophy and everything has been changed through this public relations uh, department in it, at the lowest level of service. I call it the lowest level. They'll call it their highest level of service as Knowledge Incorporate or World Service Office Incorporate dealing with the public relations and the outside issues that are being brought in to direct our fellowship through its service structure now, that it's going right to the groups and its membership being divided through this stuff, which is really diverting us from our primary purpose of carrying our message. You know, and uh, these are questions I answer throughout the world and talk to people throughout the world about right now uh, because they're, they don't want to see their groups affected by this here, and they're feeling we just had a you know a bunch of guys show up at our meeting because they're looking for I mean uh, 16 years clean, bringing its all its sponsees and sponsees sponsees to our meeting the last two Friday nights, okay? Because they said it's, it's, it doesn't even feel like NA in their groups anymore. It feels more like a rehabilitation system and a court uh, a court meeting, you know, and they're not getting the message there no more. So the message has been altered. You know, in the group level already, okay. And uh, there's, you, you follow it on Facebook, you're going to see addicts fighting addicts over this issue now. And you can, and you can keep putting out, and not have none of your opinion based on it. But you keep putting out what our message is, and they get offended by our message now. They're getting offended what's in the basic text when you just post stuff like that, and uh, they're creating. Big lines within the fellowship, great rifts in the fellowship over this issue. And these are some of these people I know personally, and they take it personal. You know, and it's a real uh, division, okay, that's created. And we have to be very aware of that there when a public relations being affected by a set rehabilitation center on what they're very, and in the 2012 minutes in, in, the, in the world board minutes, in October that year, basically say Hagleton Incorporate is in their minutes, okay? And they are going to set up another fellowship if we do not accept their form of treatment in our rooms. And we need to deal with that issue. No, we we don't have to deal with that issue, okay? Whatever they do, we have no opinion on them. And it should not come into our services. And the problem is what's going on in our services today um, it's being directed by a corporation instead, and everything is being streamlined back down to the groups as more like instructions instead of, hey, uh, you know, years ago when Hazleton made a decision, we're going to write our own book if you don't change yours, well, we had the same effect on our book, okay? And and, and that starts in, uh, first of all, the, the revisions, of the third edition revised that came from the little white book to we need to uh, hire an outside writer to make our book right or Hagleton's going to write their own. That affected our book even, okay? 
the corporation, the public relations with them corporations affected us. And that's what's caused more division in our fellowship than people could ever know, okay, because that was directed by, uh, by a corporation, okay, and our corporate manager back then, who was Bob Stone, came to the quarterly meeting in Minnesota, him and the, trust, the head of the trustees, okay, and another trustee went to Hazleton, okay, and that's how we hired our our NAA editor was through that process who was the lead guy up there in Minnesota, in the Minnesota Fellowship, then got hired as the NAA editor, okay, also, okay, through that process of communicating with Hazleton. So everything was directed towards Hazleton, and our conference basically got bamboozled by our corporation that we need to do these things and never thought, did the groups ask for it, or the groups involved in this, okay, all right, and uh, it, it's basically affected us through public relations instead, okay, because they're more concerned about our public relations with outside corporations than they are with the public information, uh, providing information to these corporations that this is what we do, that, and if, you know, you want to utilize Narcotics Anonymous, we're here to help addicts, okay. And that's all we should have is by directing addicts into these, uh, to get them in the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous, that we're available to help. And this is our message. Instead, they alter our message instead through our corporations and the battles. And, the, and then you can read it in the minutes of the conferences and stuff, and you can look in the agenda report and see these things were not in the agenda reports, yet it was dealt with on the conference floor. And, and how it's affected us, okay, through public relations. And now it's called public relations. It's no longer called public information even. So, I mean, that's a real concern we have. Definitely. That, and that's actually a, it seems like it's even more of a Tradition 11 question, but the way these traditions lead one into another, first we have no opinion on outside issues, and then the very next tradition talks about how we deal with outside entities, whether it be individuals, corporations, uh, other fellowships, or organizations, or, or just the public at large. And this, this, it's a ridiculous argument that's put out. Well, the 11th tradition says our public relations policy, so it's okay to have public relations. And it's kind of funny that whether you're talking about our predecessors or you're talking about our fellowship, uh, the people who established these first service committees went out of their way to use terms like public information because it doesn't say we have a public relations board. It says our public relations policy. How do we relate to the public? And that tradition goes on to say is based on attraction rather than promotion. We don't have relations with any other entity. We put out information. We are attractive. This is what we are. If you're attracted to it, great. We're not promoting it. And any time we feel like we need to get in bed with somebody to keep them from writing a book because they're going to be, be competition, that's promotion. If we feel like we need to get our numbers up, that's promotion. No, we need to be clear about what Narcotics Anonymous is so that the addicts who need it have the information. They know that it's here and they can get here. They don't need to be forced here through court slips. They don't, and all these people that, oh, I wouldn't have got here if it weren't for the court slips you don't know that. If we had the same focus on public information, you could have been going somewhere else. The court was forcing you to go and going, hey, this isn't working for me. 
but I also know about this NA thing over here. I'm going to I'm gonna try this and see if it helps. Because you say you were forced to be here, but at some point you made the decision to be here on your own. Uh, and But yet you're telling me that that, that, that would have never happened otherwise uh, through just public information. At some point you were miserable enough you wanted to try what, what we had to offer in NA. And if we're putting out the, the if we're putting half the effort into put, making our name available and, and, and putting out there just what we are as we do trying to have relations, the public would probably better understand what we are and what we're about, and more people would have access and exposure to it. And I, I can't quantify that or prove that, but uh, this whole idea of public relations is in our traditions, and therefore it's okay to have a public relations committee. Then why did the people who wrote those traditions go out of their way to call it public information? It's that simple. And uh, we, we do not have relationships with any other entity. We don't oppose or endorse them. Uh, sometimes I don't even like to work cooperation because cooperation can, can form a relationship. We just don't, we don't interfere with what they're doing, and we, we give them the information that, hey, if you have somebody who needs this, here's the information. Make it available to them. And it, it's very clean and very effective that way. Uh, and I came into NA through not an official public information effort, but a guy that I didn't know the name Narcotics Anonymous. It, he was totally attraction rather than promotion. I know we're getting into Tradition 11 here, but it's almost impossible to avoid it. I knew he was clean. I knew he had something that I wanted. I knew he was the only person that I could go to when I decided I had a drug problem. I didn't want to get clean. I wanted to get off certain drugs, one in particular, but I wanted to stay away from a, a certain type of drugs. Uh, because I, I was getting, uh, I was backsliding, and, and my addiction was getting worse, and, and I went to a guy, all I had was information. I didn't even know how NA worked. I just knew, I didn't know what it was. I just knew this guy was clean, and he had something that I didn't have, and I knew he was, I knew he was, I knew he was totally abstinent. I didn't know if I went to this NA thing that everybody, uh, that uh, that was the definition of clean time, but it didn't matter. It got me here, and, and I didn't have to be forced in here. And I did make the decision to say, because the people who make the decision to say it has nothing to do with being forced. It has to do with the message of hope, the promise of freedom, and what you see in these rooms when you get here. And being forced in is contrary to that. And I just went to Tradition 6, Tradition 11. I know that. But the question was asked, and it's very pertinent, and all these traditions go hand in hand and relate to each other. Right, it's hard to talk about one tradition, okay? Uh, yeah, it is. You really you know, can't stick with one, one into another. And the way the the questions are, it actually draws you into your eleventh, okay? All right, sure does. But the way this one is, is saying how does expressing opinions, uh, you know, on these issues affect us as a whole? And the way I shared it, it uh, basically got into a lot of our inner interactions, okay? by service bodies and stuff and how they affected us, okay? And, uh, yeah. you know, and the effects they've had on us over the years has been traumatic, okay? And it's why we're in where we're at today, okay? It's, uh, you know, causing us situations within our fellowship through this policy that's been adapted, through, the, through allowing this policy to continue and not having strong, uh, you know, um, groups, okay, to say, hold it to its service body, you guys are out of line, and we're not going to, I mean, that's happening today, okay, 
is how the uh, fellowship service conference came about, okay? I just had to type on some message, okay, to somebody because they 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 were confused a little bit because they're trying to translate the 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 as is IP, and when it says to reform the second, the fourth, uh, the seventh, and the ninth tradition, we're not talking about existing service structure. We're talking about that we reform it, and that our new body is adhering to these principles. Okay, instead. Right. All right. And uh, when that was written, I think there was some intent to try to still reform, and one of the people that helped their group wanted these, and, and our groups wanted this stuff in. Well, that one single group was actually trying to reform the existing structure out there yet, okay? But our intent yeah. was not to reform that structure, but to reform ourselves in that thought process instead, okay, is what we were yeah. talking about. And why I'm talking about that is because the next question basically uh you know, uh, in what ways does this tradition empower the home group? And uh, all traditions empower the home group. And when, when I'm talking about empowering um, the, and reforming and making sure our thoughts are reformed, that we're not caught up in these old thoughts, okay, and what's we've been affected by these old thoughts in a service structure that's um, not as being very permanent no more, but they reversed the pyramid instead, all right? Um, you know, how how's that affected us by allowing an outside agency, okay, to affect us, okay? How does it empower us is by the second tradition. The second tradition empowers us through all the traditions, okay? And your fourth tradition empowers your home group, okay, to conduct, to make sure you have... Uh, basically, that the groups have total control over the service body you created and the responsibility of that, okay? It's more than just saying, well, how's this tradition do it? But how do, how do the traditions as a whole empower the home groups, I think, would be more on how we do that is through the second, the fourth tradition and through the seventh tradition of the power of the purse, how we can affect that our service structure doesn't get offline, Okay. Then are the empowerment traditions, basically through group conscience, through holding your trusted servants accountable, okay, through the, the economy of the home group to, if it needs to, can actually operate on its own without any service body, okay, and not having any service body dictating and bringing outside opinions and being affected by outside opinions into our groups. This tradition doesn't empower it. What, what empowers it is your second, your fourth, and your seventh that empower you to make sure if there's violations in this area that we can stop them, then violations, and say, hold it, we're not going to support that. Our conscience isn't for it. We're going to hold our trusted servants accountable that they're not going to participate in this. Uh, the fourth is the group autonomy, and the group can pull itself away if need be, like our home group did back in 1990 already, pulled itself out of that body and no longer participated with that body, we took the accountability of making sure that we would not be affected by their decisions by registering a letter in the, in the Attorney General's office in California that this body does not represent us, that we are Narcotics Anonymous, and we will not be affected by any of their decisions. And that's to protect us as a group. 
that they have no controls over our group. And then we instead start searching, and you see in 1991, with the first uh, meeting of setting up as is actually started, okay, in 1991 down here in, in Allentown at the, at the facility. We meet in on Friday nights, okay. We were in there for the weekend, and we come up with as is, and then you'll see throughout the 90s, you'll see a newsletter that's basically uh, that we set up, okay, uh, New Awakenings, okay, that was set up through through as is, okay, and you'll see all the groups, which we have all the on my history table when I take it out. I have the whole file on the groups that actually were part of us, okay, back then. And did the, we put a questionnaire out on, you know, what type of structure people, the groups wanted and stuff like that. And that's how we start developing this here. Then in 06, the groups again met and set up the actual conference, okay. And we did that at Cedar Church. And then we moved to Hamburg, okay. And that was developed in the group structure. That's where the empowerment came from the groups to be able to set up a new structure on their own without being attached to that structure. And uh, so the empowerment comes through your second, your fourth, and your seventh tradition. It's, you know, it doesn't come through this tradition, but this tradition, the power comes through the second, the fourth, and, and seventh. Yeah. Overall, there's a two, four, seven, and nine as well, correct? Right, yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, if I could... Um I, I don't even like it. It's not uh, and it's not an attack on the question itself. I, I know what they're saying. I, I get even a little bothered by the term in power. Uh, it feels right. What, what what does protect the power of the groups is this two four seven and nine. But if I if I'm an employee and they talk about me being empowered in this organization, they're giving me power because power existed somewhere else. Because power exists in a hierarchy, and we're going to empower you to do this. The groups don't need to be empowered because the power does not lie anywhere else. The 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 the, the second, fourth, seventh, and ninth protect the power that was already with the groups, uh, and, and maybe even the eighth to a degree. Uh, but but they protect the power that was there all along. The groups have all of the power. Uh, it, it's the groups that empower the services. Uh, when we either delegate through concepts, which is is a horrible idea we've seen from experience, or when we tell them hey, this is what we want you to do. This is uh, here. We're going to fund this line item through the seventh tradition to empower you to do this. The groups hold all the power to begin with uh, through a loving higher power. Uh, the, the, the will of a loving God is expressed in our group conscience and interpret God however you want. That's not up to me. But the, the groups had the power to begin with, and I can prove it historically. When did Narcotics Anonymous start? Narcotics Anonymous did not start with a service body. Narcotics Anonymous did not start with a corporation that then empowered a home group. Narcotics Anonymous started when they held a group conscience meeting, a home group meeting, and said, we're going to form this originally this new group. And then uh, Jimmy Kay, who had the insight and said, no, we cannot be part of this other fellowship. We need to be standalone. And they got that straightened out, and we won't go into the details of that. But uh, we're going to form this new fellowship, and this new fellowship was formed when the home group was formed. The power was always in the home groups, and when they wrote literature back in the day before there was a conference, the home groups just wrote it and put it out. And if your home group liked it, you accepted it, and if you didn't, you wrote your own. And Northern California had a, a buff book that was different than Southern California, and 
there was nothing wrong with that. The, the power was always with the groups don't need to be empowered because the power. And I understand what, what the question is saying, but I want people to understand the groups. The groups have all the power from the beginning. The traditions protect the power that was already there. The, the power lies nowhere else but but the, a, a loving God that expresses uh, Him, Her, itself through the conscience of home groups, and that is it. And they they protect the power that was already there all along, uh, and and that, uh, people don't understand that in in today's NA that, that your home group has all the power, not some of the power, not not as long as you don't affect other groups or NA as a whole. It means that other groups can't tell you. We can't tell other groups what to do. And a service body can't affect other groups or NA as a whole. NAS cannot affect other groups or NA as a whole. They can't tell you what to do. That's the second half of that fourth tradition. And you always, we always had the power, uh, and and uh, I don't, I don't know if uh, this tradition, maybe the the way that it protects the power of the group is is to keep us from getting convoluted so that we don't sacrifice our own power by by moving off in other directions and getting caught up in public debates or divide ourselves from within uh, with internal debates on outside issues. Mm-hmm. Got anything, Derek? Is Eric there anymore? I'm still here. You have anything on this issue? No. Okay, because Chubbs is right, okay? No tradition. The groups always had the power, okay? And they did that in 1953 in July when they first met to uh, set up the first home group, which started in uh, October 5th of 1953, okay? And uh, like Jimmy said, there were many of addicts that were dying, you know, and so they come together and they met in July to start going through the process to set up the first Narcotics Anonymous home group, okay? Uh, yeah. And that's important, okay? And uh, yeah. in 1959, uh, Jimmy took over, you know, basically him and uh, Sylvia got the meeting back because of a strong-willed personality and the traditions, and they said, we're going to abide by the traditions from here forth. We're not going to... Uh, allow a trusted servant to control the atmosphere of the rooms any longer. And they, they, they went back down to one meeting, okay? And, and then you'll hear another story of uh, Bob B. and uh, Barrett, that is. I'm not going to say the, the other Bob, okay? But Bob Barrett from Southern California found the only NA meeting in the world, and that was the one meeting, Okay. And they chose to abide by the 12 traditions at that point. And the, uh, by violating the traditions, they, they almost died and perished, okay? Uh, you know, which is important to know, okay, that we can perish if we don't abide by these principles in all our affairs. But the groups are empowered right by the 12 traditions. They're empowered by that. Their power comes from a loving, caring God as he expresses himself in that group conscience. When you sit down, uh, that group conscience empowers that home group, you know, and maybe not. It gives power to the spirit to blow in that home group to direct its services that it's going to utilize as it sets up in the in the eighth and ninth tradition. They're setting services up there is what they're doing. And how they conduct that, it says our trusted servants are, are but trusted, and we hold them accountable. It says we hold them accountable, that the groups hold them accountable. Nobody else but the groups in Narcotics Anonymous, okay? 
and we need to be very aware of that. It's the groups that hold that accountability of its service structure, and making sure they don't violate their principles. And and that's why I went over what we did as a, uh, you know, in 1990 as a home group. Uh, you know, the, like when it says NA has no opinion on outside issues, since the NA name ought never to be drawn to public controversy. That's the group, again, that, that cannot allow NA uh, you know, to let no one speak for us and, and have opinions on these outside issues, okay, in the town. That's the group itself that needs to hold that accountability. And that's in our second tradition where the accountability is held through its group conscience and how they're going to hold them accountable to discuss them issues. And they can do that through their group autonomy like we did. We left that body because that, that body would not, uh, you know, uh, would not uh, listen to the fellowship's conscience, and you can see it through the conference minutes where they kept rejecting the groups. And so we walked away from it at that point and said, this is not in our best interest to stay there. We as Narcotics Anonymous have to abide by these 12 traditions as a group. So we did that, okay? And I think that's the important thing is that groups had it all along. It's never been taken from them. And they can direct what services they want. And when this starts to happen, they can pull away from that to start making sure their group is not participating in that. And when groups bind together, it becomes a stronger voice of that. And that's what uh, we've been doing is creating a stronger voice for groups to be able to express themselves, you know, together instead and making sure that we're getting our services back going again and getting our message out there once again. And that's happening throughout the world now, you know where groups are starting to take the responsibility again away from that service body that has violated these principles and saying, hold it. We're no longer participating with that. We're going to participate with groups that are participating in living by these principles instead. And so it's the traditions that empower the home group, not the, you know, one tradition, but the actual result, they've already had it. It's been set there in them principles like Jimmy did in 1959 in Sylvia made a decision that they're going to follow the traditions and they're not going to allow a strong personality to, to uh, you know, chase people out of the rooms anymore. You know, we're going to uh, take control of our group through our conscience and start conducting our, our Narcotics Anonymous group as a Narcotics Anonymous group instead. And we've grown from that point forward in our message out there. And now our message is being altered. So we decided we're not going to participate. We're going to, keep the true message of NA out there instead. And it's it's happening throughout the world now, so I'm really excited about that. So Yeah, it, I've said this before, but I just, when I first got involved with this traditionalist movement, whatever you want to call this, um, it doesn't have an official name outside of what the groups have established <laughs> the Fellowship Service Conference. Uh, but whatever you want to call this movement, it, 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 some groups were part of this and haven't even joined the Fellowship Service Conference yet. You know, if you would have told me in my lifetime, I would have seen, you know, sometimes I get frustrated with where we're at, but if you would have told me in my lifetime, I would have seen what we're doing now, I would have said, no, it's not going to happen in my lifetime, or, or we might be partway to, to this in 10 years. Um, yeah, and I got involved in this in, in 2014. And we have surpassed by leaps and bounds the amount of, of baby blues that are 
that are out there in the fellowship now and, and the amount of groups that are waking up to the true history and, and, it, and realizing the, the beauty of these traditions, um, there's, there's going to come a day that, that uh, the groups as a whole, that mainstream Narcotics Anonymous will be uh, controlled by the home groups, will, will just be the home groups the way it was originally intended, that, that, uh, that they will be unified and, and still retain their autonomy. Well, autonomous Unity, the name of the podcast. <laughs> right. Well, I think a lot of that is happening today, okay? I'm really excited about that. And uh, we've been going for over an hour now, so I want to look at uh, you know, how we're going to get through this whole thing, okay? Because the next question is, how does the involvement with the outside issues separate us from society? Uh, I, I really... Uh, I think that, that that needs to be rewritten, okay, uh, because outside yeah. issues, uh, what they do is they don't separate us. They get us involved in society's affairs instead, okay, uh, yeah. you know, uh, and that's, uh, I think that's the effect of it, that it gets involved in society affairs and many will applaud us and we'll lose, we'll lose our purpose and that we'll start to die by doing that, okay. We're not, you know, uh, you know. Uh, yes, as NA members, we got to live within society, okay. But we shouldn't be involved. I think the outside issues is that don't separate us. I think they try to include us in society, and that's what affects NA as a whole when we do that, okay. And I think we've been talking about that already, okay, on how it affects yeah. us, okay. Uh, yeah, maybe. we should not be involved in any of society's opinions and stuff in our fellowship. Whoever wrote that, if you're listening, maybe uh, if you if you do hear this podcast, if you could uh, be able, maybe clarify what you meant, because yeah, that's what Bill is saying is is uh, the way I I think about things is as individual members of NA uh, going through recovery, I I live in society, I'm involved in society to the degree of my choosing, but as a fellowship, we want to be separate from society, we want to be a standalone entity, and and so. Um, Maybe if, if, if whoever wrote that is listening, if you could just post a follow-up on Radio Free NA uh, and uh, clarify a little bit what, what, what uh, you, the question was, because I, I think I'm, I'm either hearing it wrong or, or maybe it's not written. You know, or maybe that's exactly what they, they meant to say, but if you could just clarify for us, that would be great. Well, it's just a concern there, okay, when I'm reading it, okay? And our next yeah. question is, are our services from outside issues or can they be brought up in meeting? Our services and outside issues, or can they be brought up in meetings? No, they should not be brought up in meetings. It's simple as that. We were ready, uh, I think we already discussed that one, okay? Uh, you know, exclusively through this year podcast so far today, that they shouldn't be in our meetings, okay? Our meetings should only be recovery-oriented towards our primary purpose. It should be only carrying our message in our meetings, Outside issues shouldn't be in our rooms, okay? And and our opinions on them outside issues should not be in our rooms, okay? Yeah, the, the, and, and as far as home groups go, the services we create are, are not an outside issue. But as far as a recovery meeting goes, the, 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 the newcomer's not there to hear about how services operate. The newcomer's there to, to hear about what can I do about my problem and how can you help me. The, the place where we discuss, uh, we don't discuss so, so we don't discuss prohibition anywhere. 
we don't discuss the services we create in, you know, if we're adhering to this uh, in, in the recovery meeting where we discuss that is when we have the home group meeting where we get together and, and come to a conscience on the services we want to create. Would you agree with that, Bill or, or uh, Eric? Yes, of course. Of course. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, the regular meeting, the Narcotics Anonymous meeting, they should not be in our meetings. And, yes, we discussed our services in our group conscience. Right. All right. Two separate entities. Yeah our, services, okay. yeah, our services are not totally an outside issue the way a political issue would be, but they are they are outside of our spiritual aim when we're, we're holding a recovery meeting to, to help the newcomer uh, find the solution to this common problem that we share. Right. And, and that's the issue we need to talk about, okay? Uh, yeah, and if anyone has any more that listening to this here, if they want to talk more about this here, please uh, let us know, okay? When they say our services are an outside and an outside issue, or can they be brought up in the in the meeting? And what meeting are they talking about? Group conscience, okay? Yeah. On on and in group conscience, we do talk about how to deal with outside issues, okay? That that are coming into our meetings. How do we deal with it? How do we keep the atmosphere of the rooms? You know, our meeting going, okay? How does it affect us, okay, as a whole? We do discuss this here stuff in our group conscience, okay? Uh, you know, on how we deal with it when it's when it's bleeding into our meetings, okay? Uh, you know, and when we see our services are getting out of line, we do discuss that when our services are getting involved in that through accountability. How are we going to hold that accountable where it's not affecting us as a whole? So, we, you know, we need that defined, and, uh, are, are there questions I, beyond those original 17? Because there's only one a- after that on the original list. But I don't uh, well, there's, uh, yeah, they go all the way up to 21 now, okay? Okay, so we'll pick up on those two next week, and, and the people that wrote those, if, if you could provide feedback, uh, that would be perfect. So, Right. So that's where we're at right now, okay? But I'd like to thank everyone who participated in writing these questions and uh, the people that are participating on the podcast and the people that are posting these and discussing these type of issues on on uh, you know on on the board uh, that they you know to please give us some clarification that we understand what we're talking about so we can approach this here and and discuss these issues so we can be a you know help facilitate the discussion you know. Uh, that the groups have the availability of the information to discuss it within your group conscience. I'd like to thank everyone for that, okay? I said that's a perfect place to end it, so we uh, will see you all back next week uh, with probably the wrap-up for this one. If not, uh, we'll go another week, but I think we should finish it next week. No, we should be able to. I looked over the questions. Yeah. I looked over the questions, and I feel we can finish it next week, okay? All right. Uh, you know, a little clarity on these two. Uh, we should be able to finish the rest, okay? Perfect. All right. All right. Well, you've been listening to Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network. This one, and thank you.